We're going to explore together with God's grace the 16th chapter in the fourth section of Tanya Igeris HaKadosh, which is a compilation of letters of the author of the Tanya, the Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Shnei Zalman of Liadi, especially on the topic of charity, particularly charity granted for the needy in the Holy Land in Eretz Yisro. This is a Geris HaKadosh Simen Tazayim, which means the 16th letter or the 16th section of this part of Tanya, which includes the sacred and holy letters of the Alter Rebbe. The top of the letter is addressed, which means to the people of a particular community. We don't know which community it is. We don't know the name of the city or the shtetl or the region. But it's very clear from the letter that this community was struggling terribly in terms of finances. And not just struggling in the sense that they didn't have the prosperity they would have appreciated, but literally living hand to mouth, struggling terribly to make ends meet without any savings from the past. And remember, when you spoke about people struggling to feed their families in the late 1700s and early 1800s, having a challenge, you know, covering the bills and making ends meet, it's not what it means today when you say somebody's not making ends meet. The poverty then was of a completely different magnitude. And it's particularly in this letter that we come across the Alter Rebbe's, I would say, extraordinary, infinite passion for the mitzvah of tzedakah of charity and his approach to this community that was really, really struggling financially. Let's get into it. Dr. Rebbe begins the letter by addressing the people of the community in very warm and emotional, in a very warm and an emotional fashion. He says, which means my beloved ones, my brothers and my friends who I consider as precious as my own soul. You are as close to me as I am close to me, as my own soul. This is how the Alter Rebbe addresses his students, his chassidim, his disciples. That itself is a tremendous lesson just to see the opening of his letters. He doesn't say my brothers only. He doesn't only say my friends. He doesn't only say my beloved ones, my beloved ones, my brothers, my friends, who are like my soul, who are as precious to me as my own soul. This opening is critical because the Alter Rebbe here is making a very, very profound demand. Now, if you come to me and you demand something from me that is extremely, extremely profound, I need to feel your love. It doesn't work one way. It's, you know, I want you to give me everything, but I'm not ready to give you everything. The reason the Alter Rebbe can ask what he's going to ask from these people in this letter is because they could sense his absolute dedication and loyalty that is unwavering and is absolutely all-encompassing. It's because the Alter Rebbe is writing, my beloved ones, my brothers, my friends, who are as precious as me. You know, it's easy for me to send a letter to people and chastise them and tell them what to do and tell them to give money for charity even when they can't afford it, right? It's your money, it's not my money. It's very easy for me to tell you what to do with your money. And let's face it, people with spiritual authority have the ability to take advantage, as we have seen in history, and we still see in history. And this is why this is so important. The Hasidim felt, these, the Jews felt, that Alter Rebbe not only has their back, but he's writing to them like he would write to himself. 
He's writing to them like a brother to brothers, like a best friend, like somebody who loves you and cherishes you and wants to see your success and wants to see your happiness and wants to see your prosperity as much as he wants it for himself. That's why these, this opening, this opening of the letter and other letters, so important, people don't often realize, but it's so important. They had to feel that genuine connection, that genuine Mr. Snefesh. The Alter is infinite loyalty through thick and thin to the Jewish people, and specifically in this case to his, his students, his brothers, his friends, his disciples. And he continues and he says, I am well aware of the profound challenges you're experiencing. This is not a secret for me. I understand the distress that you're going through, how your sources of livelihood have become so weakened. Parnasa, your basic parnasa, your income, your revenue to be able to live is now so, so challenged. I also know specifically people who live in your community who have lost all support. They have nobody to rely on. And they're basically borrowing money in order to eat. And Hashem says, may Hashem have compassion on all of them and give them prosperity and take them out from their distress swiftly and speedily. And yet he now moves on to the next step and says, still I maintain that it's not good what I hear. I'm not pleased with what I hear. It's not good for their souls. And that is your custom of this community was that people gave with a generous eye and with a full hand. You gave with abundance to provide the necessary needs for Jews who are truly, truly destitute and poor. And their eyes long to us. Their eyes look out to us, pleading for compassion, because if we will not have compassion on them, who will? But now, apparently, some people or this community stopped giving. So the Alter Rebbe says, this is something, it hurts me, it's not good for the soul that you guys stopped. And he quotes the verse in Leviticus, in Parshish Bahar, V'chayachichimach, Make sure your brother lives with you. But then he poses a question on what he's saying. There's a famous debate in Gemara and Baba Metziah. What happens if two people go on a hike and they have only one canteen of water? Whatever, somebody lost his canteen or he finished his water. And they're stuck in a desert and it's hot and scorching and they don't see any civilization coming soon. Here's the issue. If I take the water for myself, I live and my friend dies. If I give him the water, he lives and I die. If we split the water, none of us live. <laughs> Simply not enough water to save us both. It would be great, but we don't have enough water. What's the halacha? This is a big argument. Ben Pitura Rabbi Akiva. Ben Pitura says you're not allowed to watch your friend die. Let split the water, you'll both die. Rabbi Akiva disagrees. Rabbi Akiva says, Chayecha Kaidman, how luckily your life comes first. 
And that's the halach, that's the Jewish law. Of course, if you want to, on your own, give away your canteen to the other person and let them live and you die, that's your choice voluntarily. But Allah, what is my moral obligation? What does the Torah demand from me? Of course, if I have extra water, I need to give you the water. But if this is the water that I have, and the question is, whose life comes first? And Rabbi Akiva learns it out from this passage in Parshas Bahar. God says, give life to your brother with you. In other words, if I'm giving you life at the expense of me because my life will be taken because of that, that's not the mitzvah. Let your brother live, but live with you. So the Alter Rebbe is asking a major question. If I'm coming to people who have extra money and have extra food, of course they should give tzedakah. But I know that some of you are borrowing money in order to eat. Some of you are struggling terribly. You don't have. The circumstances are dire. And the Gemara says, That's the Alter Rebbe's question. The Alter Rebbe explains as follows. The Gemara's example, the illustration of Rabbi Akiva, is very, very accurate. It's talking about one ketone, one barrel, one flask, one canteen of water, which can be shared by one or the other, and it's something identical for both of them. And one of them is going to die from thirst, and therefore the Talmud says the halacha is that your life comes first. But what happens, Dr. Rebbe says, if you have a poor Jew who's basically looking for bread to be able to feed his children, He's basically looking for a garment to be able to put on himself or his spouse or his children, especially in the cold winters. He's looking for wood, firewood, so you should be able to have a fire so they don't die from cold. Now there's another person who doesn't have extra money, but he has money for an extra garment, for nice garments, not just basic food to survive, meat, fish, the person doesn't have extra money. They have money for the basics, but the basics done in a generous way. What's the halacha? Now the Rebbe says that then you don't say Then you don't say my life comes first. I'm not using the money for luxuries. I'm using the money to buy meat and fish. Now the Rebbe says means if it's an issue of life and death, there's one canteen of water. It's not like I'm drinking the canteen of water, plus, plus, <laughs> I have some other good food that I say it's all for me. If there's something that I have that I don't des- essentially need for life, that I give away. And he brings a source, Nedarim Daf Pei. Nedarim Daf Pei, the Gemara speaks about a situation that's Talmud Nedarim, page 80. Fascinating situation. There's a well. A natural well. Remember, wells were the most, one of the most important things in ancient civilization because this was the source of water. <laughs> this was the source of water. You gathered by the well. These were the meeting places. And in Chumash, you see a bunch of stories about wells. You know, marriages happened there. Shaduchim happened there. But in any case, they have a well. The well is not supplying enough water for the cities around. But for this city, it's supplying water. So who comes first? The other city says, can we use it? This is a well that belongs to this city. It's in their city. The residents of this city come first. He asks a question. What happens? 
if they have more than one well. And they don't need the second one for their water, but they do need the second one for their laundry. The other city doesn't have a well even to drink. Their children are going to die. They're going to die. Their animal, their livestock are going to die. What's the halacha? So the Gemara says that if it's an issue of kvis, if it's an issue of laundry, don't do laundry. That, oh, I shouldn't do laundry. What should, I, should, should, I should wear my smelly clothes. But this is not an issue of life and death. So al Rebbe proves from here that when you say you don't have money, what does that mean? If the money that I'm using is to buy meat and fish, not just the most basic food to survive, and I'm buying nicer clothes, and we're having nice meals, wonderful, but somebody else is starving, I should share. Then he adds, this is basic halacha, this is basic law. But the truth is I want to know, I want you to know, even if what I'm saying is not so applicable in this case, and understand what he means, because perhaps you're not spending your money even on better delicacies or nicer clothes. Still, it's appropriate not to follow the strict law, but to go beyond the letter of the law, to go the extra mile, even though it means that it's really, really difficult. And halachically, you may argue, you do not have to give. But the Alter Rebbe is urging those, he lo- those who he love to go to the extra mile and give. And he quotes a Gemara, it's a Gemara in Baba Metzia, page 33, where the Gemishna discusses if my father loses something or my Rebbe loses something and I lose something. Whose item do I search for first? First, and the answer is yourself. You come first. <laughs> but Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Rav, if you're so meticulous about these things, to worry only about yourself and not somebody else, he says it's not a good thing. And ultimately, I may I may be creating an energy that causes me to become the needy one. God forbid. He says go the extra mile, and then the Alter add something else. He says, let's remember, we all need heaven's compassion constantly. How do we arouse heaven's compassion? When we live with constant compassion and empathy. We have the principle that the arousal from below triggers an arousal from above. You know, there's the ladder that stands on the earth and its head reaches heaven. There's the rope. And when I shake the rope down here, it has a ripple effect all the way up there. When I, when you, when we display compassion on those who need compassion, and compassion doesn't mean I had to, but I was compassionate. What does it do? It creates an arousal in heaven, the compassion to come back to us. And he says, on the contrary, when I close my heart, I suppress my compassion for whatever reason, even if I have good reasons, I'm not being cruel or narcissistic or selfish or indifferent or apathetic. He says, for whatever reason. But the bottom line is, I create spiritually a similar energy where compassion gets contained in heaven, God forbid. And then the Alter Rebus adds another point, yet another point. He says, and which person can say he's a perfect tzaddik without a sin? As King Solomon already said, there's no perfectly righteous person in the world who's only good without any mistakes, without any errors. 
We all make mistakes. We all sin. And what is the most powerful atonement which protects us from sin and protects us from the penalties of sin? Tzedakah. So he says tzedakah is a remedy for the body. It's a remedy for the soul. And everything I'm ready to give away to save my body and soul. People are ready to give away their last pennies to save themselves. And then the Alter Rebbe says, and remember, we believe that tzedakah is a loan. It's a loan to God. Now, when I'm lending money to somebody whom I trust, I'm not squandering the money. I'm not making an unwise decision. I'm very happy about it. I'm going to get paid back. <laughs> so he says, tzedakah, we believe, is a loan to Hashem. Because as the Pasuk says, Malva Hashem Dal. When you're gracious to a poor man, you are lending the Rebbeinu Shalala money. Why are you lending? Because it's Hashem's responsibility to support these people. So I'm giving Hashem the money, so to speak. I'm saying, here, I worked for it. You allowed me to work. It's my money. This is a loan to Hashem. God, the sages tell us. She says, remember, God is going to pay you back that loan and pay you back double in this world, not only in the next world. And he quotes a Gemarian Kedushin that generally the reward for all the mitzvahs is not in this world, it's in the next world. Besides Tzedakah, the Gemara says in Kedushin, the first chapter. Why? Because Tzedakah benefits people in this world in a very physical and concrete way, so it brings back to you the similar goodness in this world. And then the Rebbe concludes, and you know what, you also have to be concerned. When your friends, when people in the community all become connected to a mitzvah and you stay away, even if you have good reason, it's a negative thing. That's what our sages teach. And the Rebbe finishes, those who listen should experience pleasantness and sweetness, should experience all of the blessings of goodness. The Rebbe says they should be blessed Hashem should give goodness to the good people. And he concludes and he said, I'm writing this from my soul and the soul that seeks your welfare with my entire heart and soul. Nefesh nefesh. This letter is being written, so to speak, with sweat, blood and tears from a soul who's seeking your welfare with all my heart and soul.